Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 88 of How Do You Write? It is May 18th, 2018, and I'm your host, Rachel Heron. I am so glad you're here. I know I say that every time, but I really, really am. I think you probably picked up on that by now. Um, Today, I'm talking to the awesome Nathan Van Koops, who is a writer that I met at um, the Selmore Books Show Summit in Chicago. You may have heard him on the now defunct Simon Whistler's Rock and Sell Publishing Podcast. He's been on there a couple of times. And I mentioned this in the interview, I think, um, that when I would look off the stage there, often to my left, he was always leaning forward with this super eager look on his face. Like he was just absorbing everything, listening to everything and, and just there for it. You know, um, I was super excited to meet him. He is, um, compelling and smart and funny. You're going to love this interview. Um, I'm going to keep the intro short as you can hear. I am sick. I finally caught a cold after, you know, three countries and three trips. So, hey, I ain't even complaining. Um, Finally got me. So just a couple of business little things. Um, I'd like to to thank my new patrons who um, both names are going to be really fun to say. Um, John Rindfleisch the Ninth pledged. And, um, I, I almost hope that's a real name because I'd love to know a ninth. So thank you, John. And, uh, the second person is Orna Ross, uh, pledged to my Patreon. And I'm kind of like all fangirl about it. The, the thing, the things that she does for the Authors Alliance is incredible. She's in the UK. I love listening to her podcasting. Um, I think she just knows pretty much everything put her and Joanna Penn together and they do know everything about the industry. So thank you, Orna. If you would like to visit my Patreon and see what I'm doing over there with the essays that I put out, um, that's patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And I am always so appreciative. I'm appreciative every day for you guys. I'm appreciative to those of you who don't want to pony up and who just listen for free because you guys are awesome too. Um, it's amazing that we can come together in this medium and that, uh, I can put my stuffed up voice in your ear and that you accept it and you keep listening. So thank you for that. Um, the only publishing news that I have is that my agent just sent me an email this morning, like one minute ago, I read it, uh, that said just a little bit more work on the thriller. Um, in which case I just want to die, but she said, it's very easy. They're technical things. I'll be able to fix it real quick. And then we're going to talk about, um, in this phone call that we're going to have in a minute, we're also going to talk about the public, uh, the, uh, um, what do you call it? The plan to, to push it out. Um, I'm so dumb right now. What did she, what do you, what do you call it? Uh, submission plan. That's what you call it. The submission plan. So, um, hopefully that's moving. I'm excited about that. And <laughs> I feel a sneeze building. So I'm going to jump off. Uh, please enjoy Nathan Van Koops. I know you will. He is a charmer. Enjoy. I hope that you get your writing done. Um, get a little bit done. Tell me about it. Hit me up on Facebook or Twitter or email anywhere. I'd love to hear from you. Okay. Happy writing to you. Hey writers. I've opened up some coaching slots. I'm not taking clients on a weekly basis right now as I'm working on my own books, but I am doing one-offs. I call them tune-ups. Tell me your plot problems and ask your character queries. 
Let me know what stumbling blocks you're up against. Get tips and tricks to get you back on the right track. Ask me questions about all things publishing. Together, we'll brainstorm your specific plan of action, making sure you're in the driver's seat of your book again. You'll receive a 30-minute call over Skype or FaceTime, giving you the honest encouragement you need to keep getting better. Or a polite ass-kicking if that's what you need and ask for. Plus, you'll get an MP3 audio recording or MP4 video, your choice of our chat, so you can re-listen at your leisure. And if you want a little more help, I can also critique either 10 pages or your book's outline and talk you through my findings. Just check out rachelherron.com slash coach for more info. I'd love to work with you. Now on to the interview. Okay, well, I could not be more pleased, y'all, to welcome to the show Nathan Van Coops. Hello, Nathan. Hello, Rachel. Thanks for having me. I was just like two minutes ago on your on your uh, book faces live page, which was such a fun interview. And if anybody wants to go listen to that, that was really fun. I was on Facebook live, live with Nathan. <laughs> did, um, it. did it. Totally it's did it. Done. And uh, let me give you a little bit of an introduction. Nathan Van Coops lives in St. Petersburg, Florida on a diet comprised mainly of tacos, which I can firmly get behind. I am from Oakland. We are Taco Truck yeah. Central. Uh, he enjoys old planes, motorcycles, and Volkswagens, and contends that there is such a thing as dressy flip-flops. He is the author of the time travel adventure series In Times Like These and the young adult steampunk adventure series The Skylighter Adventures. You can learn more at NathanVanCoops.com. And welcome! So, Thank you. So pleased to have you. We, just... we met at the Selmore Books Show Summit. We did, and it was a lot of fun, and you were so full of knowledge. I just couldn't wait to talk to you some more. <laughs> That's so awesome. <clears throat> what was your uh, favorite thing about being in Chicago at that conference? I think it's just this wonderful opportunity to meet people face-to-face, and it's just that cause as much as you like people online, like you're you're only seeing the, the part of them that they're willing to show online. Yes. Whereas yes. you, when you meet someone in person and actually you know go grab a bite to eat with them, it's, it's it's just you get this uh, deeper view into who they are and and how they how they function behind the the brand that they are as an author or whoever it is they're presenting online. And I just I just like being privy to that. It's it's a lot of fun and sharing that myself. It's truly a, a three dimensional, literally experience, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I and before we even chatted, I remember seeing you when I was up on the stage looking down into the audience, and your face was just so engaged. And mm. you were really listening and you're kind of leaning forward. And I could just tell that you were, you were really, really there and very present. And so I was like, who is that guy? So. <laughs> I love this stuff. Like, I love being a writer. Like, I love to go, and I'm kind of an extrovert. You know, I'm, I'm, I have introverted tendencies, but I'm definitely overwhelmingly an extrovert most of the time. And it's just like, so it's like being around people that are also excited just fills me up, you know? Yeah. So I'm thinking, man, this is a whole bunch of knowledge and people that I just, yeah, I'm excited to be around everybody. So it was, it was just a fun time. <laughs> um, Kenneth, Kenneth on 30 Rock once said, uh, I only like two things, television and everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I always flashback to that. I am an introvert. I'm solidly an introvert, but with, with some extroverted tendencies, especially mm-hmm. when I have alcohol, which I'm not having now. <laughs> well, let's get right into it. I would love to talk about your writing process. For our sure. listeners, um, what is your writing process? How do you do it? So um, it relates to tacos, as <laughs> mentioned in my intro. Um, I have I'm, I'm full time self employed, but I have I've got two two different jobs. One is in aviation, so 
I, I fortunately, because I'm self-employed, I'm able to just sort of schedule my own time during the week, which is great. So I'll, I'll schedule aviation stuff in the morning. But then what I do is I give myself a really nice long, like three hour lunch break, mm. um, where I go and I take my dog and then we go to a taco place and we order some tacos and then we hang out and then we sit there and I write for, you know, a couple hours at least and just try to get, and it's, this is part of the extrovert. This is me going somewhere that's, out and about, but I'm also, maybe I'll have my headphones in and maybe I'll just be sitting there. Um, you know, I have the opportunity to meet people, yeah. but I don't have to, I could just sit there and write. And, um, it's just a wonderful uh, way for me to, to be kind of out of the house, but yeah. also getting work done. And, um, so that's one of my ways that I, that I write. And then I usually have a second wave, um, my wife and I are sort of on opposite schedules where she goes to bed early and I'm up late. I'm kind of a night owl. Mm -hmm. So then I'll have a few more hours in the evening where it's just me and, um, I'm able to think a little bit more creatively at night. Mm -hmm. I feel like my brain, my brain works a little bit different when the day is winding down and I'm getting ready for sleep. I get the sort of pre dreaming phase, I think is where I do my most creative thinking. Mm -hmm. And, um, if I don't capitalize on it, the next morning I'm back to being efficient, you know, and living my day and I have, I have a day ahead of me and it's a different mental space. So Interesting. Uh, I try to capitalize on that, that evening time where the day is behind me and I can be creative and let myself loose. So, I always have a little bit of jealousy when I, when I hear people say that, because I personally, I think that us, us early morning writers are, uh, it feels prosaic and mm. coffee driven. Whereas there's this whole romantic mm. idea of, the late night, um, one of my uh, best friends, Carrie Luna, she writes at night and just this, this image of the whole world sleeping around you, but, but you're up late and it's just, it's so cool. Now let's like, go back. It, to, you know, go on. Yeah. I was going to say, it feels a little bit illicit too, because you're supposed to be yes. doing something else. Yes. You're supposed to be sleeping, but you can't. And like you, cause you have to get this idea. Cause you're out. being creative. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I got to do this now while I'm, while it's hot and feels good exactly. in my head. Like I've got to like, get, it, get it on the page before it vanishes. Whereas I write, yeah. you know, at six in the morning and the cats are crying and just, you know, I've spilled the coffee and that's, that's all. And it's light out and the garbage trucks are going, but, um, but yeah. I want to go back to tacos for a second. Do you go to the same sure. stand every day? No, I, I'm, I'm definitely a creature of habit where I kind of hit the same place every Monday or every Tuesday. Mm. I do like, that's part of the extrovert part. I like to get to know the people who are giving me the tacos <laughs> and like know their names and like they, you know, I'm a, I'm a repeat visitor. So I like to really get to know the people. What's your but favorite kind of taco? Um, I'm a vegetarian, so I eat all kinds of veggie tacos. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of different, which narrows the field a little bit. You have to go to places that can make a good veggie taco because yes. you can't just take meat out of something and expect it to be good. Like yes. you have to put something else in. You have to show some effort. Yeah. So, um, for me, a, a place that makes a good veggie taco or veggie enchilada or veggie burritos is a winner for me. There's a place in San Francisco that makes, like I'm a, I'm a carnivore, but um, when we mm. go to, this is our favorite burrito place and we get the veggie burrito and they grill the tortilla with the cheese on it and then mm. fill it. And they use an entire half avocado for every one. And it's yeah. freaking divine. So does the, and the, does the dog get a taco? He does not. He, he's a dog food only dog, okay. but he gets lots of attention and um, he loves being out because he's a really happy dog and people, he has a very smiley, happy face. So okay. people come up to him all the time when little kids just wander up and swarm him and he, oh. he loves the attention. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? 
Definitely time yeah. because of the, the fact that I do juggle multiple things and I have to uh, find time to do run an entire author business without the time to run an entire author business. So yeah. I feel like I'm always struggling with a, a 10 item to do list knowing that I only am ever going to get three things done. So that's the constant struggle of um, kind of the part-time entrepreneur. Like, and it, it, sometimes when I you know have cancellations in my other job, it's actually a happy day because like, oh, good. I can focus the entire day on writing yeah. today. And, you know, it's, um, so it's a balancing act. And it's, but it has made me concentrate on my priorities and really focus in on the aspects of the writing business that are essential. Um, and that may, may mean that some things I will just never get to. There may be some things that I will, I don't know, never get done, but. I hate that feeling. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's Do a, you it's use a any um, app or, or, you know, time tracker or list maker? that you like? Um, I've recently tried using um, a productivity journal, which is kind of fun where it, uh, it makes you highlight the primary goal of your day. And then it gives you some other uh, secondary goals, but you can't do those until you've done your primary goal. Like it makes you really uh, strict. It gives you a little inspirational quote of the day. And then it kind of gives you, huh. makes you focus in advance and plan your day around your priorities. Is this a, a, is this an app or is it a physical journal? It's a physical journal. And it's called the productivity journal. The productivity journal. Yeah. And I think it was maybe crowdfunded online. I think, uh, my wife found out about it through some YouTube videos. She was watching a couple that created this thing and, uh, it's very helpful. It kind of makes you, uh, it, it works in conjunction with the Pomodoro method. So it kind of has you, I, uh, itemize out your day and then kind of predict how many, 25 minute increments of effort it's going to take to do that job and you if and then you sort of rate yourself at the end of the day how'd you do how productive were you on a scale of one to ten what could you have done better and it yeah. makes you kind of analyze awesome. your day think okay you know this was a so so this was a six day but you know I, I got a lot done what could i do and then it makes you think about the next day and i'm not i'm not a strict adherent to the, to the method um because it doesn't exactly fit my life but mm -hmm. i it's very helpful. Just just the idea of sitting down five minutes in the morning, planning a little bit, and then sitting down five minutes at the end of the day and looking back yeah. and thinking, how did it go? Did I accomplish my goals? And then just just those little five minute windows can be very helpful. I'm good. I'm drooling. I'm I'm gonna try it. I'm a big <laughs> I'm a big Bujo girl, the Bullet Journal, yeah. and uh, that's yeah. that's cool. What is your biggest joy in writing? My biggest joy is definitely the relationships that I have built through this business. And it's a relationship with the readers. It's a relationship with other authors, but primarily, primarily the readers, because it's so cool that it's a job where people send you emails and messages and tell you how much they appreciate what you're doing. It's like, you know, we get reviews, we get, it's like getting applause, you know, yes. for your job. Like how many, how many jobs are there out there where people like just, write you messages and just be like, Hey, this thing you did that you took years to do, um, it really worked and it changed my life in some Ugh. way that you would never would have known. It's the you best. Know? It's so cool. And we get it so. in, and we get it verbally. Like we get it in words yeah. in the way, in the way that we understand. Like I was just thinking about what you said, the whole applause idea. Sorry, dogs. Yeah. Um, applause doesn't say anything. It says, I validate right. you, but mm -hmm. people use their real words and, and tell you what they did. Yeah, and they put it in writing where it's like where other people can see it. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember the the like? Do you have a specific piece of um, adulation that you got that you really loved? 
an early one or something that really meant a lot um, to you? There are some certain reviews that I've sort of copied and kind of uh, quoted other places and things like that. And um, I, I come back to those sometimes where it's like, you know, hey, this is, this is going to help me keep me going later, which yeah. is good. So, yeah, there's definitely a, a few that have, have definitely made an impact on me. And there's been some really I have a, I have an email folder of nice emails yeah. that people have sent that I want to save. Yeah, but, you know, I do too. I'll come back to eventually. I, yep. I call them my mash notes and, uh, mm. and, uh, and I've never opened them yet. Yeah. I just collect them there because on the worst day ever, when I am failed, mm. completely failed, I fail all the time as a writer, but when I'm completely failed, I'm going to open that. And I'm going to read them all and I probably yeah. won't believe a single one. <laughs> 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 That's great. So, yeah. Can you they'll, sh- they'll, they'll defeat yourself out though. On that day, <laughs> it, it'll help. It'll have yeah. to help. Can you yeah. share a quick craft tip of any sort with us? Yeah, I was thinking about this recently, and it was something that I've been dealing with lately in my in my writing. And I think that it's important to understand your hook, um, not just in the sense of a book, but also in the sense of your brand as an author. Oh, um, interesting. Tell I was, me about that. I was, thinking, I was thinking about it like, for example, I write time travel stories. So mm-hmm. for me, the book has to revolve around time travel. For me, I know that the, the people that pick up my books pick them up not just because there's action or there's it's a thriller. It's a lot of things. There's, there's mystery. There's a lot of elements that go into these stories. However, the primary reason I believe they're there from what they've told me is because of the time travel. I do interesting things with time travel. So when I go to create a book, I have to find my hook. I have to find the, the fun time travel-y thing that's going to be different from all the other books that they've read. And this is going to be so. Like, if if my you know hero has to face off against a villain, he can't just go get a gun and shoot the villain. That's not an ending. That's not going to work for my stories. I have to find a way to do that in a clever time travely way because that's what people paid their ticket for. You know, like that's that's why they're reading my books. So I think that it helps when you're starting out um, with a book or with a series to try to understand what it is that you kind of want to be known for, what it is that people are going to be coming back to buy more books for. Like don't, it's one thing to just write a thriller, just put in all the, the standard thriller tropes, but you have to add something new to the genre. You have to bring something that only you can bring some twists, some uh, added element. And then once you know what that is in your book, then you're just writing to that point. That should be, that should be the anchor of the story. And uh, once you know that, it just makes your life a lot easier. I love hearing that. That is so, so, so intelligent. And I think I've come across that in my own work just by trial and mm. error. And just by, mm. like for my romances, people always say that they are comforting. And because they, they, and they read them because they are comforting. And that is definitely not something mm. I ever sought, out, sought to do. I never thought to do it. Yeah. But when I do think about it, it's something that now I go for because those people want that. Yeah, it kind of relates. It's almost like a theme to your overall yeah. writing style. Yeah, and it, and it obviously the the individual themes of your books can revolve around it, but if you have that core center line to your series, whatever, it, it's it makes it easier to to frame books around it. I think that's a huge <clears throat> and helpful thought. Thank you very very much for sharing that. Glad it's helpful. When you have self doubt or dark days, how do you handle that? 
Um, thankfully, I don't have them too often, which nope. is good. Um, but like I, can I said, tell I that about you. I can. <laughs> I think you. You seem like a mostly positive, optimistic guy. Is that right? I am a born optimist. Yeah, yeah and me too. We stay that way. I hope. Um, but on days when I do have rough days, I definitely fall back on those reviews and the the readers who have reached out and helped kind of prop me up. It, 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 there's nothing more motivating for me than just going back to some old books I've written and then looking through some of the positive reviews and thinking, hey, this person right here just said that they're waiting for me to write the next book. Aww. So that I'm going to write for that, that person. You know, like even if there's a bunch of people who didn't like it, I, there's this person right here that, that wants it. So I'm going to keep writing just for them. And that's that's enough to keep me going. That is remarkably healthy. Nah, that I, might be the healthiest answer I've ever had to that question. <laughs> wow. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to try that. I don't know if it'll work, but I'm going to try it. What is the best book you've read recently and why did you love it? So lately I've been completely off topic with my book. Good. I, I, um, I was reading, I have this book on the side of my bed and it's, um, it's called the friends of Eddie Coyle and it's by George, uh, V Higgins. And he wrote, um, Kind of like along the like Dennis Lehane, I think loved yeah. his book. It's easy from this. There, there was a movie in the seventies, but it's um I don't know if you've heard of Elmore Leonard or something. Yeah. They're like okay, yeah, Elmore Leonard him. in the similar vein. Oh nice. And it's these sort of gritty crime um, novels, but the book is about. It's got kind of a wandering plot. It's so far from what I write that it's fascinating to me. And I pick it up and I read the dialogue and it's just, it's one of these things where it's this short, punchy dialogue. It's, 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 it doesn't waste a lot of time on description. It just, you, you're immediately in these characters world and based on their speech, Mm. you know, like their dialogue is just so clear on the page Mm. that you get these characters and it's beautiful. Like in its own way, it's just this gritty crime drama that like the story even I don't even love the story. It's not a necessarily uplifting or heartwarming story. It's this character's kind of slow spiral into death, but it's like, it's a wonderful, beautiful um, way of writing. And for me, I think that I, it's something that I admire. So I pick it back up to try to um, encourage myself to, to branch out and, and explore new ways of writing. I like that. I've been doing that a little bit with Stephen King this year. I've never mm. been a Stephen King fan, but I find him similar to that in just the way that he he doesn't have a lot of flowers, these short yeah. sentences, effective dialogue. And I think reading outside of our own comfortable yeah. spots can really, really yeah. help us. Because there are some masters out there who just do things really well. And like mm-hmm. even if it's completely different from what you do, you can learn from them and um, add little bits here and there. And, I, and then the next thing I want to write, one of the books I want to finish, is more along that vein. So I'm just trying to be inspired and branch out. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. And what would you like to plug right now? Tell us about your work a little bit. Um, well, I'm just about to put out the fourth book of my time travel adventure series, the In Times Like These series. Is this uh-huh. um, the fourth and final or are you continuing? <laughs> It is, I had thought that it was going to be third and final when I wrote the third. So uh, we have opened the door back up and this is now book four. It's called The Warp Clock. And oh, that's a good title. Uh, hope, yeah, it's going to be out uh, July 1st, I believe, somewhere around there. Don't I hold saw me to it. It's up for a pre-order, right? Is that right? It's not. Oh, okay. It's not, but right. um, it, 
will be eventually. Yeah. But um, yeah, so, so I'm not sure when this episode will air, but it will come out. Um, I think uh, maybe this week. I'm a little bit behind. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. So yeah, if um, people want to learn more about uh, my time travel adventure series, they can they can check that out. They can visit my website. And, um, and your Nathan website is NathanCoops.com. Yeah, my last name is two words. It's V-A-N-C-O-O-P-S. And I'm the only one there is, so I'm easy to find. That is nice. Is it Dutch? What is that name? It's fake Dutch. We, um, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't expecting uh, that answer. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds Dutch. Yeah. So Coops is actually Danish, but my grandfather's middle name was Van, and he just he wanted to differentiate himself from his father, who was also um, a, named Harold Van Coops. So he made us sound Dutch after that. So now Van Coops is um, from my grandfather down. There's not that many of us, and uh, we we stick out. That's and, really helpful for search engine optimization, though. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. well done, Granddad. Exactly. Thank you, Grandpa, for making my life easier. I got all the email addresses I want. <laughs> Rachel Heron is pretty, pretty good. Spelled my way. And I've also, like, yeah. I grabbed the normal spelling. <laughs> and there is another Rachel Heron writer, mm-hmm. as well as the Rachel Aaron. And I feel bad for her. Yeah. That's true. But oh. she's a she's a great person, too, that could be associated with things. Think oh, the Rachel not... Aaron? Yes, I love yeah, her. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has been such a delight to talk to you. What yeah, it's been a lot of fun. What an afternoon I've had. So, thank you so much. Thank you. Keep us posted with everything you're doing. And I'm going to talk to you soon. Okay. okay. Sounds great. Bye. Nathan. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. <laughs>